believe it or not, humanoids, the epic movie Superbad just turned 10 years old, and for that anniversary, The Ringer talked to everybody involved, from Seth Rogen to Jonah Hill to Judd Apatow, to get all the details in the making of the seminal teen comedy. If you head to TheRinger.com right now, you can read about casting McLovin, Michael Sarah pounding orange-flavored vodka, and the birth of the acronym DTF. Uh, also some incredible art by Mario Zuckerberg. I, I commissioned that, so dig it. Check it out right now. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. It's uh, it's the biggest week in pro wrestling history. Dave Schilling <laughs> is back in the studio. That's what makes it the biggest, because I'm back, baby. Um, thanks to Andrew Goldstein for keeping my seat warm. These two, uh, yeah, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for Stat Guy Greg for hanging out in New York. Brian uh, Campbell, the Brian Campbell who I saw in Vegas. That's right. How was Vegas? Uh, Let's take a pause before we get to Cena and Roman Reigns' <laughs> biggest promo of either of their careers and talk about the uh, boxing matches happened. It was trash. It was hot trash. It was like Vegas a, in general. It was like a raw main event. The the fight. Um, no, I mean it was fine. It was a spectacle. Certainly I loved it. I had to leave early. I left. I didn't. I watched the fight on TV because I had to go to a. The previous engagement, my fantasy football draft in Palm Springs. So I watched it on pay-per-view like everybody else. But I was there from Monday through Thursday to write my piece, which you should read on BleacherReport.com. Um, if you had been doing your fantasy football draft and watching a wrestling pay-per-view, then you would have gotten your nerd card for life, man. There's <laughs> totally. On a fantasy football vacation. Yeah, it was a what? delight, baby. Um, I really enjoyed the box. I, w- I, 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 I thought the fight was great. I watched it at our Hill Bruiser Jim's house, and it was... Uh, it was it was great. It was great. It was like at this point, it was like if a Brock Lesnar main event, like one on one match, went thirty minutes. Like it's just it was so stunning. Like like it just got better and better because you weren't you're expecting it to be over so fast. I, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to some some pro graps, baby. Let's yeah, some stuff that some some fixed fighting. Um, there was a lot. There was there was a lot of little stuff this week, but there was only one really big thing. Right? Oh yeah, should we get into this? Do you, want, yeah. do you want to talk about anything before we get to Cena and, 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 I, and uh, Roman Reigns? Let's really quickly just address the Rosemary Sexy Star incident. I love that. We, do you think uh, this is a very serious situation? I don't want to make light of it, but every week we have some like some drama to talk about up top. Is so, this does wrestling? Does the wrestling fan base create this drama? Does wrestling itself create this drama? I think wrestling itself. I don't think the fan base was the one shooting on Rosemary at Triple Mania. Uh, shocking that it happened. And everybody who has has weighed in on this has been on the same side, on the side of Rosemary. Uh, rarely do all wrestling people agree on something, too. That's fascinating to me. Everybody from, you know, the tippy-top WWE guys who were talking about it all the way down to, you know, random GFW superstars were on Rosemary's side. Why, why Sexy Star felt like ripping her arm out of her socket, we'll never know, because she has said nothing about this so far. 
there's something about uh, Mexican wrestling that is just like yeah, it breeds bizarre behavior from you know vampiros many many uh, instances of being shady to his feud with Conan uh, to this now it is, I don't get it I do not get no, it there's just not enough people leaking to the dirt sheets in Mexico that's why we don't know what's going on um, yeah no that I mean I saw the clip it was just ridiculous I mean it was, it was so it, the, the, I mean it's it's funny because I mean I've never been the biggest fan of sexy stars work in, in Lucha Underground I mean ring you know ring skill wise um but you know they i mean she's a she's a real success story and lucha was pushing her as such i mean she's you know came out of an abusive relationship and got into pro wrestling you know as a sort of like this like i mean at least the way they were they were framing it was as this like you know feminist endeavor um all that i mean nothing really that doesn't have anything to do with what happened at Triple Mania, obviously. But it's, you know, it just sucks. I actually wrote a blog last week about John Bones Jones when he was, uh, when he tested, when it came out that he tested positive for steroids again. Um, because I thought it was a real, like it, it actually had a real sort of like pro wrestling parallel and just that like, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain degree to which like in the real world, star building is just a fraught enterprise because you, you don't, you can never predict what's going to happen. And at the end, you're building people who you don't, ha- you you just can't have that kind of confidence in as human beings almost. There are know? a lot of people who can't handle the pressure uh, that are given the opportunities and don't, don't live up to those expectations for either, you know, just purely mental, emotional reasons or physical reasons. Um, and, and, and people screw up. Yeah. And this is a perfect segue to... John Cena and Roman Reigns, and, and two guys who have been given every opportunity, well, and, and also been given a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you deal with it? Uh, before we get off the sexy star thing, I mean, I saw somebody tweet that it, that it could have just been someone who doesn't know how to do it, an armbar being a jackass, basically. And and regardless, let's not. I mean, I think one one thing we've learned with all this wrestling drama is let's not over demonize up front until all the information comes in. I don't know what else could possibly come in. Um, on this, although, you know, it did seem like some people were like, like Cody Rhodes was jumping the gun a little bit saying he'd never work with her based on the information that we had. Right. You know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, he, he may know more. And um, I guarantee you he knows more <laughs> just yeah, because yeah. wrestlers talk and they don't talk to us as much. Yeah, but we saw the video. Sure. Um, I mean, it, I've we've seen a lot of shoot. We like we, we've lauded a lot of like in ring shoot fights that went that went much further than that. Right. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it really sucks. No one should be doing that. It's like the cardinal rule, the cardinal sin. And uh, and yeah, I I, I I feel terrible about the whole situation. Speaking of shoots, um, we had the biggest work shoot in five years on Monday Night Raw. Um, and it was pretty awesome. It was awesome. To a point. Oh wait, I got to get my energy up because okay, I okay, can tell okay, okay, you're, okay. Like you're playing bad cop. I was not I, prepared for this. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that way, I wrote about it. It just posted as we're recording this, like 30 minutes ago, and it was uh, the. I, I mean, I said I said it was. It, it wasn't the best work shoot promo of all time. I don't think anyone would say that. But for the people involved and for the things that were said. I said in my piece, this was less of a work shoot and more of an intervention. I mean, it was like WWE <laughs> coming to grips publicly with the problem, the central problem that's plagued the company for the past 10 years in a way that it seemed like they hadn't really done before. When CM Punk was shooting, 
it was CM Punk's character, you know? When when The Miz basically did a work shoot a week ago and got, you know, credit and then pretty much forgotten, uh, it was, I said in the piece, that was... That was a work shoot by any in any other era, but it was just a heel mouthing off in 2017. But Monday night was WWE putting their two most favored sons in the ring together to openly air all of the problems with each other, like the booking of each other. And that that's pretty significant. Yeah, I think that there's there's that there's the the milestone of them expressing people's frustration on television. But at the same time. Professional wrestling on some level and every art form has to get people outside of the bubble interested in order to expand and grow their business. And, you know, I'm looking at the uh, pictures of empty seats and tarped off sections in Little Rock for SmackDown on Reddit. (laughs) And I'm going, well, are we just is this is wrestling turned into a full circle jerk? Because no, by the it, way, Donald Trump came out and said it was actually the biggest house in Little Rock. <laughs> I'm sure. It was. It, yeah, why not? Uh, but like the way that I I think of that about it is, let's say you're watching an episode of Star Trek and you're not really a big Star Trek person, right. and they just start referencing things that happened in like a show that you oh. haven't seen yet, or an episode of The Next Generation, or what, whatever. Like all these this minutia and this history and this backstory that maybe you don't understand. So if you're if Let's say I got my wife to sit down and say she's going to watch Raw for the first time ever, just <laughs> okay. all the way through. Or just a, a, a friend of mine who's not a fan, um, and they're watching this and they don't know what the fuck a heel is or what a well, promo is. It's just it's uh, going over the heads of the people who maybe you're trying to get them to subscribe uh, to the network. Maybe you're trying to get them into the product. Uh, counterpoint. I was actually watching with my girlfriend, and she was wrapped. She was like convinced that they were to- that they were going off script, having but, never no concept of what a work shoot is, and like no. I mean, then that's what. And I had people texting me. I had people that are not casual fans texting me asking me if it was real. Interesting, which is so silly on its face. But that's the that's the that's the gold star for a work shoot. It doesn't sure. matter. I mean, it's just like, do you think it's real? And I, I compared it in my piece too to. to um, like when you were a little kid and, you know, the earthquake attacked Hulk Hogan on the Brother Love show or whatever, like that moment where your hero is getting punched in the face and you are and your heart is breaking. It's impossible to recreate that as an adult once you're smartened up. Right. The only way to do it is with these promos where you're just like, like, holy shit, is this happening right now? Yeah, I guess you can never really replicate the experience of Scott Hall showing up on Nitro. You people, with him? you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Which is the ultimate worked shoot because they made it seem like he was still working for the WWF at the time. Um, But at least times when like when the lack of a writer's room and any real coherent plan really paid off. It's it's actually it's, it's actually gotten worse with all of the WWE Network retrospectives on it. Um, because they're trying to make sense out of something where there was a lot of sense, but Scott Hall shows up and everybody on staff is like, I really didn't know why he was here. Like that <laughs> <Right>. was, <laughs> like, it, it was confusing. Well, we don't have to debate the, the relative merits of it. Um, since there are two sides to the story, but what I am interested in is, do you think Roman Reigns did a good job sticking oh, up for himself like against this. John Cena in this? Because Part of the narrative was that he's not good at cutting promos. So do yeah. you think that, one, he did a good job 
uh, within the parameters of what he was asked to do? And two, do you think that the, continuing to mention this is going to help him be a, a babyface? Because that's the that's the goal, right? Well, that you know that is the thing. Um, to take the end part first, I think that this Cena feud could get Roman Reigns over. I mean, I think this is the moment. This is purely my opinion, but I feel like I feel like fans are. I think most smart fans are are at least dimly aware that we've been giving Roman too hard a time for something that's WWE's fault and not his, right? So, I mean, same with John Cena. Um, you, we, you know, you, you, you kind of, we, everyone still chants you suck, but, but, or Cena sucks, but it's, you know, everybody loves him now. You know, everybody acknowledges that he's a good worker on some level, that he's important to the company. Um, I think this could really work for Roman. The problem is going to be how quickly, uh, uh, how quickly they, they pivot from the end of this program to, Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, if that indeed is what's going to happen, you know, I mean, if they if they just like now we got that out of the system. I mean, it's like when 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 Del Rio got inserted in the Cena Punk storyline, it's just like, all right, we did what you wanted. Now back to pretend fighting, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it was it was all and and I was in on Del Rio at the time, I should say, but I think it's it's a matter of none work shoots only matter. I feel like now if they actually. Uh, you know, are evidence of a, a a a broader creative shift, right? Every promo cannot be a work shoot and shouldn't be, but uh, an openness to um, an openness and self awareness about getting things wrong is what was is is the most central part of that, right? It's it's WWE acknowledging that they have botched Roman Reigns, and they have to that has to continue to be. They have to continue that self-awareness going forward. If, if this is a one-month, two-month hiatus, and then it's back to super reigns, it's not going to work. And it's going to be even worse. It's going to be so frustrating. Well, I think it would be interesting if this led him to start doubting himself. I think he has to lose. I think he's going to win Yeah, at no mercy. I but don't know what's going to happen. That's what's really cool. If he on. loses, and then that creates this like, man, I don't know if I've got it. Mm-hmm. And he becomes an underdog for real based on what people think they know about the backstage machinations of WWE, then you have something. Then you have a baby face people can get behind because he's like, oh man, I'm really, I'm not sure. I couldn't even beat John Cena and he's like 40 years old and he spends most of his time on movie sets and I couldn't beat this guy. Sort of the same thing that happened with Cena and Rock. Where Rock Cena won, you think, oh yeah, Cena's going over. I mean, he's super Cena. There's no way he can lose. He's the anointed one. And then he jobs out. You know, he makes a mistake in the match. He takes a rock bottom and he loses. If you want to replicate that completely, then yeah, you need to really go for the two-match cycle and maybe have, the, have the, the, the rematch at Royal Rumble or something. I, I, okay, you asked initially if I thought Reigns was good. Somebody, some, some wrestling writer of note, I only like, I, I totally forgot who it was, uh, said that, WWE was hoping that Roman Reigns would be the rock on Monday night and they and he failed. I mean, I guess if you how to say this. I guess if you're I guess the rock versus Roman, I mean, I thought Roman was great on Monday. I thought the fact that he flubbed that line early on actually helped. I mean, I don't think that that was no credit to him, but I mean, this was it felt like a real moment. He was he was, you know, it sold the story. He dropped his he dropped a line. Um I I mean, I guess it's a matter of taste. If you think The Rock talking about Fruity Pebbles and shit is a better promo than what we saw on Monday night, then that's 
I, I, I'm honestly not going to disagree with you. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think one thing is more true than the other, but I don't think The Rock could have done what Roman did on Monday night. Yeah, now, to I get, mean, no, I take that back. He's a great, he's an actor. He could do that. <laughs> sure. I don't think The Rock would ever do it as well in a ring as Roman Reigns did it on Monday night. It's a, a question of intensity. You know, how much intensity are you going to show? And, and I have to think back to that classic sit down with uh, Rock and Austin before WrestleMania 17. And The Rock wasn't, you know, raising the people's eyebrow and talking about Rudy Poo candy asses. He was really like, locked into that promo yeah. and it was one of the the most tense sit down interviews i think wwe had had ever done to that point and maybe still uh and certainly helped sell that pay-per-view it's a great memory yeah uh so i think rock could do it i think rock is you know one of the best of all time so comparing roman reigns to top 10 best professional wrestlers ever isn't fair well and and then the, I mean the flip side of what I was saying before, and to, to to pivot off what you were saying is, I mean WWE has booked Roman Reigns as if he's the Rock. I mean that's and that's the problem with it. They they the problem with John Cena was that WWE thought he was the Rock, and it was like they just they were they were seeing they were seeing they they were noticing a few bullet points about him and not realizing the whole package was a totally different thing. And then they got Roman Reigns, and they were like, "Oh, this is even more the Rock. He's related to the Rock. This is gonna, this is perfect. <laughs> done. Yeah, um, just have him come out at the Royal Rumble, raise his hand, and well, job well done, gentlemen." One of the things that I wrote in my piece that people are already tweeting angrily at me about is that I said that Roman Reigns right now is a better wrestler than John Cena was in, in 2012 at the time of the pipe bomb. Hundred percent. I think that's true. Um, and I. I, t- I, I get, I mean, I'm, I, if I had to do it over again, maybe I put a qualifier in there because it's a silly thing for people to be latching. It's, it, I don't even care that much for people that the people would be, you know, to argue back with people about it. But I mean, I do think it's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about the matches that he's had. I think that John Cena's, I mean, John Cena's had a lot of good matches in the, in the time since then. Um, but I feel like people are still coming around on Cena. They're still like, oh, he's actually really good. But there's, there's still a little bit of an arch quality to like Cena appreciation too, where it's like, Cena, I mean, in some that and in, in, he he wrestles with the cartooning the cartoonishness of the rock, but without that being part of his gimmick. Right. You know, it's a lot of like bad Miz memes. It's like, you know, I mean, Cena's like he he does it, but it, he he does the job really well. But Cena's ba- I mean, in some ways he's like he's like a 300 pound indie worker. You know, it's like there's there's very little reality to a lot of the stuff that he does. And I and and he's an incredible workhorse in the ring. But I think that. I mean, 2012 Cena, I mean, he was pretty good. I mean, he was a very good wrestler. He was totally competent. I think Roman Reigns has had, whether or not he has to be carried or whatever. I mean, I don't know how you can say someone needs to carry him when he had a couple of great matches with Braun Strowman, of all people. Yeah, let's go back to 2011 when people were saying John Cena couldn't wrestle and he only knew five moves. And that's why CM Punk is so much better than him is because CM Punk's a real worker. You know, it's wrestling fans are fickle. And God bless them. Because uh, I am a wrestling fan, so I'm talking about myself. You know, we often change our opinions about things on a whim, or just there's just a feeling that people have. Uh, what do you do about that as WWE? I think that's a huge challenge for them as they try to book television. Is you know, what, what if people just so, decide all of a sudden they hate this guy or I, they love this guy? I have so many things I want to talk about just based on that thing you just said. But s- to stick with this general subject matter. You know, I've heard that they're that they're booking that uh, that the WWE 
you know, ethos at this point is don't save anything for WrestleMania because the network subscriptions are a problem because wait, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons behind it. Um, I think it's, and we talked about it before. It's a good move because you don't know who's going to be healthy at WrestleMania. You know I mean? It's just, it's crazy to save anything. Um, and also you can just run it back for WrestleMania if it's that, if it works so well, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not that complicated, but, uh, it does seem like, like I'm not like, Samoa Joe supposedly got hurt over the weekend at a house show. One of like 75 WWE wrestlers who blew out their knee this weekend. I don't know if Samoa Joe bled his knee. I think he's, they said a month for Yeah, it's him. like a month, yeah. But it did seem like, I mean, do you think that had he not been hurt, that we were going to go with The Miz versus Roman and Samoa Joe versus Cena this week and they shotgunned it because there was that injury? It's very possible. I Because mean, it really said opening the show with the Battle Royal is like a loud and clear, like, we got to reboot that. We got to figure out something for The Miz to do. Yeah, and they opened, or they, they didn't open, excuse me. They, they announced the match Monday afternoon. Which also, it was unnecessary and feels like a... Like we make a we do a press release to like cover up the storytelling errors. Yeah, I think I think that you're probably right that this was a pivot because of the injury, and uh, it's crazy but, that they were. I mean, kudos to WWE. Crazy that they were able to, if that's true, go from Plan A to Plan B and full speed ahead on Plan B that quickly. Right. Right. You would expect them to have like announced the match or had another showdown, but save the work shoot for next week. You know, when we have some time to plan this thing out. Since work shirts are fake. <laughs> I'm sure they, they just have, have a running list of complaints for Roman Reigns. And they're just <laughs> like, all right, pull those down. You say that shit. And you, Cena, you know, or Reigns, you say that shit about Cena. It's, it's, not, it's no secret what people don't like about these guys. My concern with this whole thing is there's a segment of the, of the audience who is just going to be like, I hate both of them. What the fuck? Who am I going to root for? It's a weird situation to be in. I mean, mm. Cena's ostensibly the babyface because he's speaking for the audience. Uh, I, I guess that's the one thing that makes this possible and makes this workable is no one is going to be mad when Roman goes over John Cena. No one's going to be like, oh, he buried that guy. Because if, if you have, let's say, Finn Balor be the one speaking for the audience and then he loses, then all the heat's on Roman for squashing this guy who everybody loves but you got john cena a guy who half the audience still doesn't like uh who they're comfortable booing him when they're not supposed to and he doesn't need to win any feuds anymore and he just buried baron corbin a few weeks ago so it's like oh yeah that's the guy that buries people against the other guy who buries people i hope they both lose it's it's kind of a a a win-win situation for wwe well yeah, no, I think that's true. I mean, but that said, part of part of the, I mean, the big part of the decision that WWE part of, made, part of their calculus is is that we're turning this over to the fans, right? I mean, they, you can't the 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 problem with both Cena and Roman is that their careers have been micromanaged to the point where like the, you know, like fans are booing Cena. Well, let's put him up against Umaga. You know, let's do something where like they have no choice but to cheer this guy. Or same with Roman Reigns. Um. And it doesn't always work. I mean, Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns somehow defied the 50-50 split of like, you know, kids and smarks are chanting against each other. I, I think that. I, I mean, I think that the fan they, WWE doesn't know how the fans are going to react. They can. It's going to be really hard for them to pick a winner without. I mean, I, I think that part of the beauty of this feud is that the fans will cheer the way they want to cheer and boo the way they want to boo. And. 
after the match is when WWE figures out where they go next. Right. Because we just there's no way to there's no way to predict it. There's yeah. no way to do long-term book. I mean, you can say, here's who we want at WrestleMania, but like whether or not Roman's gonna be working face or heel at WrestleMania, or like I mean, and again, they're not changing his character. He's gonna be this guy. He's just slightly more dickish, you know, when he's you know, when the fans are booing him. Um but anyway, I uh, I was really excited. It's going to be very interesting to see where they go. And I think that the, I mean, I, to, to bring it back around to your original question, I thought that Roman did a good job. Obviously Cena had all the big lines. Um, Roman's burial line, the shovel stuff was the kicker. I mean, was the, the real like biting line of the night though. Um, and part of the Roman's problem is the stuff about Cena being part-time is some of the most like shooty stuff you can say to him, but it's, been said so many times before like it's hardly unique to john cena well cena said it to the rock yeah exactly that's the craziest exactly. part is is we've come completely full circle and now john cena is the who he hated and i, I hope they bring that up more i also hope on the flip side i hope that we just don't have like two more weeks of work shoots like it's not it's you just can't do it <laughs> yeah you know it's is, not sustainable this is where more robust backstage segments would be really helpful where like introducing Shelton Benjamin backstage in a weird segment? <laughs> Not that, but I mean like giving the characters an opportunity to breathe and to not have to get the crowd hyped and to just like explore the shades of gray in both of them. Because yeah, there's, I, there's, I agree. there's interesting things that the, can well, be I done. I think the big question about both of them is are there shades of gray? You know, I mean, clearly they can create them, but like the one of the, that's the problem with them. That's why they say like Super Cena and like all that kind of stuff that, I mean, the, the point is that there's nothing there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a problem in building a feud unless you start bringing up work shoot stuff. It's it, almost like a crutch sometimes of like, well, I don't know, really know what these characters are. So let's just pull a bunch of stuff that's real. That yeah. People don't like. A hundred percent true, but yeah. it's a better crutch than all the other crutches. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it got people talking, and it's it got me writing again. It's better than a battle royal to decide the number one contender for the Intercontinental well, Championship. Let's talk about that. If that if they if that was supposed to be if it was supposed to be Reigns Miz and they just pulled the trigger for whatever reason, that's that sucks for Miz because it was he a week ago. Miz was the one saying, "I'll be damned if I you know sit back there working week after week after week while you guys well you know while WWE just allocates all of the Monday Night Raw time to these two mofo's." Basically, he was the like. We're here because of him. Mm -hmm. He made that segment pop. He also probably, like, you know, Jimmy the door open for there to be a work shoot this week at all. Uh, watching the way the crowd reacted to him. and he, But he managed to do it so in character. And that's part of the magic of The Miz that he can shoot but still be a heel. You know, the crowd can cheer him. But, like, no one... No one's like demanding that he be the main event babyface seven days later. Well, this is the problem with the work shoot as a concept is... Initially, it starts off as something that heels do. I was like, oh, yeah, the heel is going to run you down based on things that the dirt sheets are saying. <laughs> and then you turn into the biggest baby face like CM Punk. CM Punk, you know, the pipe bomb, I don't think was supposed to make him the biggest baby face in the company. And then all of a sudden, he's the biggest baby face in the company yeah. and he's making John Cena look bad. It's true. Or, or Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in, in New Japan and, and Ring of Honor. You know, the whole concept of the elite and the Bullet Club is we're taking over New Japan and, you know, Gato is trying to prevent us from being the top dogs in New Japan because we're not Japanese or whatever. And then that becomes a thing that people love and now they're the biggest baby faces in, yeah. in New Japan. Yeah, it's tough. All right, we got to move on. 
Today's show is brought to you by the Ringer NFL Show, which is part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Because football season is fast approaching. So get prepared with our NFL experts, Mike Lombardi, Robert Mays, and Kevin Clark, as well as guests from the league and beyond. They'll be covering every snap, every down, and every play. So don't miss out on the action. So subscribe and listen to the Ringer NFL Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we got to move on from the from the Cena uh, Reigns angle. You said earlier that wrestling fans are fickle. Mm-hmm. Totally co-sign that statement. And uh, and to to put proof to that, I'm going to come out with a little hot take right now. <gasps> I don't actually believe this. That's the point of a hot take. But just for the sake of argument, okay. Brock Lesnar is a better promo than Paul Heyman right now. Suplex city, bitch. I 100% agree. And this is crazy because obviously Paul Heyman is one of the greatest promos of all time. But this is the same problem Bray Wyatt has. Is yes. It's a lot of words that don't necessarily go anywhere. And they don't and sound any different than the ones he said last week. Yeah, it's just a lot of like talking in circles and, and you can see the moments where he digresses to put over a talent or when he stops to promote the WWE Network or all of these things or just starts spinning yarns about you know professional wrestling or like the way that his client is going to get paid. Like Brock Lesnar saying suplex city bitch is more powerful than the thousands of words that Paul Heyman can spit at this point. This should be the moment where Brock Lesnar is just like, shut up, Paul. This, yeah. is, this is a fight between two guys who like to punch each other in the face. It's, We're both aware of this. We don't need you right now. The match is made. I am just going to destroy this guy. That's, that's very powerful. And professional wrestling promos have gotten longer and longer and longer, and more elaborate and more words. And sometimes you just, I yearn for the days of, Bret Hart coming out and saying he's the excellence of execution and you're going down, brother. Yeah. Or Hulk Hogan's, you know, saying your prayers and eating your vitamins kind of thing. It's just too much. Uh, I love when Brock Lesnar grabs a mic and says stuff. Yeah, it was really great. Let's run through some of this other stuff before we get out. Uh, Enzo, finally. Did, did you're the, did, didn't you I've been book this? asking did, for this for a while. Enzo's on 205, 205 Live. He's our, he's, a, he's our cruiserweight contender. People might start watching the show. He actually, um, on the 205 Live broadcast in the, the tag match, he cheated to win, which is an interesting decision, an interesting booking choice. Anything to give him character. He was not great in his match on Raw. <laughs> no. It was, his new finisher is too complicated for him to do. Yes. I would like to see... It's too bad everyone's doing a DDT. Cause just give him a DDT. I mean, no one can screw that up. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna he work. He does need like the Jerry the King Law or just like the like the punch off the turnbuckle. Just something. Yeah. You know, just an elbow drop, a splash. Well, it's like it's like Braun Strowman when he was doing that weird inverted uh what version of Biggie's but whatever. I mean, it was and I was just, just like, a power slam, man. Just do the power slam. It yeah. works so well. Yeah, I mean, like Big Show made a choke slam work. Just make it simple, especially for someone who's a, a below average worker. Anyway. So that's uh, great. Yeah, I'm glad it's happening. I think it's, <laughs> it's going to help 205 Live. He at least is popular. People will stick around to see him during a SmackDown taping. And they'll sell, you know, merchandise will continue to sell. It's true. Uh, we talked about Samoa Joe getting hurt. Xavier Woods also seems to be hurt. Is there any more news on that? Uh, I think it's not going to be that long. He's going to continue coming out with the New Day. But it helps that they have so, three members. And listen, Xavier Woods 
first of all, it helps they have three members. This is I've been begging for a singles push for any of these guys forever. Use yeah. this as an opportunity. But Xavier Woods with a trombone in a wheelchair <laughs> is money. Um, so good for him. Uh, Sasha Banks lost the belt again. Can I brief digression? All Some, right. Somebody tweeted at me about this today. Squared the Reddit squared circle. Somebody, somebody yesterday posted a paragraph that I wrote two years ago about Sasha Banks, um, at where I said that I'll just skip to the end. It's a it's a, a pretty good paragraph if I do say so myself. Um, she says. Uh, I'll just skip to the end. Fans have been chanting We Want Sasha during nearly every Diva segment over the past month, an indication that WWE is underutilizing her and that it has a singular talent on its hands. Turning her baby face is only a matter of time. If they if it can harness her star power, we might be seeing the birth of the first truly transcendent female wrestler since Wendy Richter and Mula were headlining on MTV. It's easy to say that Sasha could be Sable popular and Trish Stratus talented, but that misses the point. Sasha could be the next rock. Now, I remember reading that and I was like, whoa. Obviously, this is a weird time to be bringing this up. Um, especially weird when WWE just like seems to just callously be writing her out of the main event picture at every opportunity. I, I, I don't, none, I, I, I said this on Twitter. I, I didn't understand the point of having her win the belt at SummerSlam and beating Nia Jax to get in that match. She had to beat Nia Jax in order to qualify for that match yes. at SummerSlam. To then win the belt, that then you know, week later, two weeks later, lose it again in the her first title defense, mm. back to Alexa Bliss, and then immediately in the post match angle, set up Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Why didn't you just do that at SummerSlam? Is unless the story and, and astute listeners of the podcast tweeted me and said, what if the story is Sasha Banks cannot defend her title and they're going to make this a big thing down the road? But I have no reason to assume that that's the case. Right. So this is a lot. This has a lot to do with the work shoot this week in that the, the problem with wrestling is that this has a lot to do with Game of Thrones right now, too. But when, when, when the story is being written in real time, you tend to give the writers way less credit, the creative team way less credit. And when you feel like they don't know what they're doing, you just throw it's impossible to to like get, to build to have ex, to be excited or confident in the stories that they're telling. If I if we went to WWE headquarters right now, you know, they put bags over our heads and drive us there and kick us out of the van. And then we're like, we know where we are. We're in Sanford. <laughs> this is unnecessary. But and they like brought us in the writer's room and they were like, here is the map on the wall of our two year Sasha Banks plan. And everything's going according to plan. And the thing we're just going to keep telling stories where she occasionally gets back up to the main event, wins the belt, loses the next night. It's all going to culminate and pay off somehow at WrestleMania. And it's going to be huge. Like we would enjoy, we, I would have enjoyed Monday night a lot more if I had the confidence that they knew what they were doing. But the way that it's being booked is it just feels like, Literally, she literally has like like the fallback plan every time. Every time she gets that opportunity, she does a great job with it. And then they're just like, now nah, let's just tell the story we want to tell. We gave the fans what they wanted. And if this is what they do with Cena and Roman, when they're just like, we gave them the work shoot, we gave them the dream match. Now uh, let's have Roman Reigns start squashing jobbers again. It's going to suck. And, and it's because you don't have confidence in the overall storytelling. Yeah. And we would have confidence if there were, you know, payoffs. 
I know this is probably frustrating it's, to a certain segment of the listening audience who's yeah. like, oh, you guys are too negative, too negative. But part of the, the reason why we, <laughs> we talk about wrestling is because there are things that we feel like could be better and, and yeah. we still love wrestling. It's just uh, that this like, week I really love wrestling. Yeah, I love wrestling. I spent most of my time watching the Mae Young Classic yesterday and trying to catch up. But it's it's frustrating when you feel like you never get the payoffs. And, and, and it is. It comes down to the storytelling. Like, is the story going somewhere? And we don't know. When you there's an implicit expectation when you watch a television show that it's going somewhere. Yeah. And then when it doesn't. It's a huge letdown. It's like the end of Lost. The last episode of Lost, people were just, you know, obsessed with this show and the minutia of it. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh, they're just in purgatory. Yeah, but at least at that point you're like they made, you know, like you just hate the you hate the finale. If Ra- if Lost are being written in real time and you feel like you could tweet the right or tweet the writers every month or every whatever night it was Thursday about what they did and how they should do better next week, <laughs> people would have been like Lost would have been canceled after the third season. Sure. Like it's just too hard. It's just too easy to criticize pro wrestling. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. We should, by all means. I think the greatest thing about Game of Thrones being split into two seasons right now is because fans actually have the power to change the course of history and they say, like, fix it, you yeah. got to fix this trash, you yeah. know? But, the, but you know, with wrestling, we get obsessed with that. And, and with good reason, because there's things that are just inexplicable. Now, to Sasha Banks in particular, obviously she's not, like, regardless of how she's been booked, She's it's she seems to have and maybe no, actually, because maybe because of how she's been booked, she seems to have sort of found a ceiling. Yeah, it's a very high ceiling. Um, and I think that there's still a potential that she could become the supernova of crossover popularity that I thought that she might be. Um, and it's it's insane that WWE hasn't just tried, you know, I mean, like, well, I think in the in the time between when you wrote that paragraph and today, it's become very clear that the person that they have decided is going to fill that role is Charlotte. Yeah. It's not Sasha Banks because that's just how they booked it. And Charlotte is bigger. That's it. She yes. than Sasha Banks. She is Ric Flair's daughter and she's arguably better on the mic. She's a better promo than Sasha Banks. Yeah. And, and maybe better in the ring. Certainly helps, you know, more of a less injury issues. And what I mean, she, all of that adds up to her being a better ambassador for the brand. Yeah. That doesn't mean, I mean, but you know, John Cena is a better ambassador than the, for the brand than Daniel Bryan was, but you need Daniel Bryan. I mean, John Cena was never going to have the moment that Daniel Bryan had leading up to WrestleMania 30 and winning the title because it's just, it's a, it's a, there's a sort of charisma that, that, you know, only exists in pro wrestling, you know, and it's impossible to quantify. Um, do we need to touch on anything else before before we get out of here? Um, I mean, quickly, SmackDown was a parade of jobbers. I, I tweeted about this yesterday. I think it was kind of great that SmackDown was just a bunch of matches where established wrestlers wrestle guys who are in the lower card. Dude, uh, AJ how, Styles and Ty Dillinger. Uh, I'll yeah, take that. Wh- like, wh- how did how did Mike Kanellis get into that jobber category though? Like, what what has happened? Because that gimmick sucks. But still, like, put like it's. It's too late. I mean, I think... Is I think it already all, too late? I think it's too late. He's dead. Oh, my gosh. Um, I liked seeing Aiden English pick up a, a shady win because now we got Good to hear his music. actual music. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think SmackDown and, and props to Road Dog for doing this is, you know, they're putting guys over. They've established this segment of the of the roster is going to put people over. The Ascension, 
uh, is going to put people over. Ty Dillinger is going to put people over. But there's still characters that sort of have a thing. The Ascension's on Fashion Police all yeah, the time. Yeah, here, okay, here's uh, Fashion Police was it's my favorite part of the show. I was watching it with the valet. She said she she looks up halfway through. She's like doing work, and she's like, "Wait, is SmackDown just better than Raw?" That's the first, like she doesn't just not watch SmackDown very much. I was like, "Yes, it is." But here's the problem with Raw. I mean, with SmackDown, it's a great place for good wrestling. It's a great place when you're AJ Styles or Kevin Owens, like to get to to constantly get an opportunity to shine. It's a it's a really great place for guys like Aiden English or even Ty Dillinger who are going to have a chance to get over that they wouldn't have ever gotten on Raw, these jobbers that we're talking about. It's a terrible place for somebody like Sami Zayn or Mike Kanellis, you can put in this category too, but he was never on Raw. But if you're, it's a terrible place for someone like Sami because if you're a second-tier wrestler on Raw and you go to SmackDown and you're still a second-tier wrestler, it is a demonstrable it, knock on your startup. Yeah, star I was powers. scratching my head thinking, I wonder where Sami Zayn's been, and then he does show up, but... That show could have easily gone gone by without him showing up. He doesn't have anything to do. They've thrown him back with Kevin Owens again, I think, which is the fallback whenever yeah. those two guys don't have a ton of stuff to do. It's just like, well, let's well, put him They need someone go. to wrestle him while he's feuding with Shane. I right. mean, they need, an, they need a body. Yeah. Uh, so th- it's a weird place. You're right. that You're not quite lower tier. You're not quite upper tier. You're just a regular mid-carter. And this is, of course, where a secondary title comes in handy. Yeah. But because the WWE championship is currently being held by an experiment, it's, you know, a, a business experiment. <laughs> a laboratory experiment? No, no, no. I mean, it, they're trying something with him. That's not yeah. to say that he doesn't deserve it, but they're trying something different. Uh, you have to have that U.S. title to be carried by someone of the stature of AJ Styles yeah. to keep momentum going, to keep a, a, a hot angle at the top of the card. Uh, so you don't have that IC title, US title floating around on SmackDown where the lower, you know, the mid card, the true mid card can have something to do. Totally agree. Um, but you know what, Bobby Roode, wow. Love the, Bobby Roode. The right valet now. hates him. That's crazy. And she thinks he's like corny. That's crazy talk. I think he's a better heel than he is a baby face, but his in-ring work. Is, is he a baby face right now? Yeah. Think about the two guys he's wrestled so far. I guess so, man. He's a baby face. Um, just, just, just tell him to stop doing the Ric Flair strut at every like. All the posing just seems so false to me. Here's, here's a hot, hot uh, booking idea. Turn him back heel, and give him a valet by the name of Maria Canellis. Oh wow! And let Mike Bennett do something else because it's not working. They have no chemistry together, even though they're married. SmackDown is where. On-screen relationships go to die. Yes. Where, we, where we keep the couples together, but just put them in separate segments. Hundred um, percent. Listen, this is a big week. I'm glad that you were here to talk about it. Me too. Um, I think that you know, on a week on a week such as this, it's nice to be able to get together and shoot from the hip. Yeah, shoot you know, from the heart. I gotta on say, how you say it. this was definitely a work shoot episode of the Masked Man Show. See you fourth wall. <laughs> Cena. What a clown. Uh, I, mean, I like I, I liked it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about that moment. We got to get out of here. Uh, have a good week. Apologies to Dean Ambrose, and um, we'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show.
SmackDown is where on-screen relationships go to die. 